Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three teams until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with sets and things. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, a post-game pod at 10.07 p.m. East Coast time. Interestingly, Detroit also on East Coast time. Zach Berman, Bo Wolf, Marissa Morris here to talk about the Eagles 44 to 6 dismantling of the Detroit Lions. Zach, a brand new team, these Philadelphia Eagles. As we watch the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, are they ready to make a uh, run at the division? I think that's a bit premature, uh, but they went 1 0 this week as they uh, intended to do. Round eight. Round eight was a knockout. Look, credit to them. They played well. They did exactly what they needed to do. I understand there are a lot of people who say, well, it's the Lions. That said, had the Eagles lost this game, they would have been eviscerated. Plus, after they lost to the Chiefs, after they well, let's take the Chiefs out of that for a second. After they lost to the Bucks, after they lost to the Cowboys, it wasn't absolved because of the opponent, right? So you play who's on your schedule that week. The Eagles played the Lions today, and and they had their best game of the season. So credit to them. Well, and as you said, Zach, in the uh, and we'll get to we got plenty of stuff to get to. We'll get to a runaway victory in Swooper Sorecasting for one of the people here right now. But I think as you said in your uh, your breakdown, it was as if this game was like them going line by line and answering all the different. Uh, criticisms yeah. that have been laid at this team for the first seven games. Yeah, this was like the talk radio hosts 
extreme game here. They ran the ball. They were aggressive, uh, right? They they showed that toughness. They they were not the softer team on the field, if you will. But I, I think the two things. I feel that, like a that few really- more, like a few more concussive headshots would have been a little bit more <laughs> yeah. sports radioy. But 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 they uh, the commitment to running was the was the big story in terms of what happened with the actual game, just because this is something that had been a constant point of discussion uh, and s- source of frustration for Eagles fans this year. And what jumped out to me is not so much that they ran because I it, I'm not a run the ball guy. I, I think you need to run when when the situation warrants it, but you're more effective passing the ball. That said, just watching them play and watching Jalen Hurts, the way they played today is a much better way to win with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. So if you take away the philosophy surrounding it and you just look at your personnel. This this fits them better. Now I, I I won't read too much into what the defense did because that Lions offense is bad, right? And I've said before that this Eagles defense can feast on offensive lines that they're clearly superior than. And add 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 this to that game. They've I think this defense has been better this season than their reputation suggests. But to me, the big takeaway today was the running game. Okay, and against the against that uh, Detroit defense, it was more like it was Detroit because there no was no D? D. Oh, okay, yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, so I don't know. I mean, this is crazy the way that they went about this game and how how uh, you know run heavy they were. You know, Jalen Hurts completes just nine passes in this game, which is, I believe, only the. Uh, the fifth time this century that a team has had only nine completions and scored 40 points. Now, obviously, one of those touchdowns came uh, from the defensive side of the ball. Don't get don't get on me, Sean McDermott. But uh, nine of 14 for 103 yards for Jalen Hurts in this game. And, uh, you know, he made a few plays with his legs that were that were dynamic and maybe more so than we've seen um, in, in recent weeks. Uh, I didn't think that this was like a necessarily impressive game. For I mean, for a thirty-eight point victory, it was about as unimpressive a victory as as you could imagine. Give them some credit, man. <laughs> I am giving them credit. There's but. no such thing as an unimpressive as an unimpressive thirty-eight point victory. I didn't say it was unimpressive. I said it was as unimpressive <laughs> as I have seen of a thirty-eight. But point that, I mean, but that suggests that it's not impressive. It's it's hard. I mean, Jalen Hurts was not great in this game. He was. He was really good at what they needed him to do. Right now, uh, you know the the play that jumps out to me here was it was still a close enough game. I think it was seventeen nothing. Yeah, it was uh, opening drive, third quarter. Eagles were up seventeen nothing. They started with the ball. They're backed up on a third and twelve on their own ten. Is it? And Jalen Hurts runs uh, twenty yards. Right, extends that drive. They end up scoring on 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 that drive. That's a that's a difference-making play. Uh, that was a huge play. And I thought he was effective out of the play action tonight, or I should say today. So that – he, 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 like, he, he, like he did well there. Instead of play action. Look, I, I think that if, if like your takeaway today is that Jalen Hurts wasn't that good. I'm just saying – I'm running through the list. I'm starting at the quarterback. <laughs> we'll get – you know, it's not my number one takeaway. It's just <laughs> – where yeah. my mind starts. Look, 
Look, Jalen Hurts made winning plays today. I mean, come on. Winning plays. He handed the ball off a lot. Now, Sirianni did say he checked to a bunch of those runs, so maybe those were winning plays. I don't know. If if we're I I want to be consistent here. If we're gonna get on him, when you want to crown them, then crown their asses. <laughs> if 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 we are gonna get on them when they make losing plays, and we have and we did last week, for instance, that Vegas pod, we were all over them for that. When they win by by you know thirty plus points and play as well as they did today, they deserve credit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not not giving them credit. I'm just you literally. You said. You said this was as unimpressive as a 38-point win could be, which is like yeah, that's the lines are just like garbanzo beans on. I like I knew you were gonna go there. Group. I knew you were gonna go there. It's it's who they've been. They're bad, but I'm and not. By saying, the way, I'm not saying that like the Eagles. Do, I'm not. You're, you're you're throwing me on this like the Eagles didn't do anything today. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. In your open, you said it was an unimpressive 38-point win. <laughs> I didn't say that in the open. I will not Marissa? be gaslit. Marissa? Do I have to go back to the tape? <laughs> we already have one flashback in this pod scheduled for That's tonight. Right. <laughs> I think they I think it was a it was a I mean it was a good win. Any week in the National Football League, on any given Sunday, you never know what you're gonna get. Um, but no, I thought I mean I don't even I don't know what to say. You got me playing defense now. I feel I feel too uh too defensive. Um okay. Well, why don't we why don't we at least start with the the most important thing that everybody wants to talk about, and that was a a just demonstrative performance from Zach Berman, the newly aggressive Zach that's, Berman. That's not just what everyone wants like, to talk about. Just like the Eagles reacted to mounting criticism about their play style and changed the way they went about things, they changed their game plan. They they started running the ball. They were more aggressive on defense. Well, Zach Berman did the same thing. And after a year of being belittled for his turkey hoarding strategy, he turned the aggressive meter all the way up and came away with six things. And of those six things, let's see what he got. Avante Maddox gets an interception, a forced fumble, or fumble recovery. Bingo, bango, bongo. A running back is the game's leading receiver. Did not hit that. Howell Pulavanti Vitae gives up a sack. I don't know if you got that one or not. Says half a sack counts. I don't uh, I don't know what Ridgeway's sack was. I didn't see it. I was down already. Uh, so you might have gotten that one. The Eagles or Lions successfully complete a trick play. Now it says here in the parenthetical, flea flicker, non-QB pass, etc. with a positive EPA. Fake punt, onside kick, or fake field goal. Because Flea Flicker was designated already, the throwback from Kenny Gainwell to Jalen Hurts to Dallas Goddard, I would say absolutely qualifies. That's two. Gardner Minshew is on the field for at least one offensive snap. Bingo, bango, bongo. The Eagles score a season high over 32 points. They scored 44 points. A four-turkey performance, which may be a super-sorecasting all-time high for Zach Berman. And I don't believe that St. Joe's prep was mentioned. I got nothing. Sheil got uh, an eagle will score his first touchdown of the season. But it's a 4-1 victory for Zach, who goes to 1.83, ties me two and a half points behind Sheil. What a, pan what a fantastic performance. 
I'm I'm fortunate that the ball bounced my way today. Uh, I'm only as good as my next performance, and so we'll see what what happens on Thursday's pod. But certainly, this this gives me something to uh, reflect upon and and hopefully build upon going forward. Now, Zach, do you want to address the uh, the drama surrounding the uh, use of turkeys in last week's Super Sorecasting? I don't know if I'm the one who must address it. Mm. Okay. I mean, look, look, well, I, a- I, I, I've, I've been on this podcast now for three years. Um, uh, or this is my third season. I understand that, uh, you're not just playing the game, you're playing Bo. And so I, I recognize that, uh, that look, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I, I don't complain about the officials and I, I, I don't complain about the rules. Uh, we, we just make it work. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you did, toward the tail end of that bidding process, complain uh, that you thought that you had more turkeys left. And it did turn out, in fact, that you had more turkeys left. And so I will apologize um, as the uh, in-game arbiter because uh, you had more turkeys left. Now, I will say, I do not want my addition and subtraction called into count. I was not... Uh, I was not purposefully taking away uh, turkeys that I thought you had. I added everything up correctly in the game. The problem goes back to the beginning. If you want to uh, roll this bad bad boy back, Marissa. Super sorecasting. Another win for Shield last week. He is up to a becoming two, so boring. I mean, two and really. a half turkey lead on me. Three and a half on Zach. Zach has thirty eight turkeys. To bid with this week, Shield has 28. I have 26. Let's get this bad boy cranking. Now, I heard no challenge flag thrown there. Okay? So, I said you had 38 turkeys left. You actually had 47 turkeys left. Yes, correct. So, look, it was an honest mistake. I'm sorry. It's like if if there's a bad call on first down and you don't throw the flag, and then you complain that fourth down didn't go your way. I'm sorry, it's too late. I, you know, I'm the only one keeping score here. Well, that's not true. I'm not Dennis getting used. I'm not getting help from you two. Okay, so I, you know, I, I acknowledge I made a mistake. But once the once the mistake is made and no flag is thrown, we must proceed. Was it an innocent mistake, or of course, or, it was, or, or was yes. it sinister? No, it was, I, I mean, I don't have you... a sinister bone in my body. Like. Were you worried that uh, my strategy here was to play for a 17 game season? Whereas, you know, you seem to be like, you know, you're, you're spending everything each week. So was it sinister to try to catch up to me or to, or to try to uh, make me less, you know, like I'm, I'm like the team that is loaded with cap space going into free agency. And, and you're, you're like Roger Goodell, frankly, um, hey, how dare you? <laughs> You're like Roger Goodell. How dare you? Penalizing. That is, a, that is the meanest thing you've ever uh, said about anyone. You know, I, 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 as I think about it, I I actually now I, I feel like Mark Davis where he's like, well, the NFL always oh. does this to me. You know, this is – you are Roger – you strike you, you, me as a very Roger Goodell. <laughs> no. No, I, I meant it in, in terms of the uh, – the how the, the league is all the league is always out to get the Raiders, according mm. to the Raiders. So, anyways, well, uh, to you. 
look, I, I, a dominant I performance. And I would say, I would say as impressive a superstar casting performance as, as we've ever seen. I would like to say, act like you've been there before, but I don't believe I've been there before. So I am going to try to set a precedent for how I'm going to act when I'm here again. Very nice. All right. Let's take a little break, uh, hear a word from our sponsors and then be back to talk about, I guess, the actual game. All right. Back on birds with friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Are you uh, going to uh, address that ad read? Well, I think it's going to be a different one for the audio listeners. Okay. Uh, I think the audio <laughs> listeners heard that ad read um, on yeah. Friday's pod. Yeah. But some good reaction from the, from the live chat. Yeah. Someone in the live chat said they almost crashed their car when listening to Bo's read. So please drive safely if uh, when, the, I, when the ad reads come on. <laughs> I was on, I was on uh, the road from Ann Arbor to Dearborn yesterday <laughs> afternoon when I'm, I'm listening to our pod. And that ad comes on, that ad comes on. And at first I didn't know what it was. And I, <laughs> I started cracking up. How See, was Ann Arbor? Ann Arbor was great. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite college towns. Enjoy coming to Ann Arbor. You know, I love a college town. Yes. Had a nice lunch at uh, Zingerman's for anyone who knows Ann Arbor. Uh, did you watch the game there? I did. That was they an were, incredible game. They yeah. probably weren't happy there, but. Uh, they were not happy. No, they, yeah. were, they were not happy at, at the end. They flooded the streets, disappointed. And then uh, and then I, I drove back. I got to say. Did you visit uh, your uh, high school dorm from the, the journalism dorm. program? No, I, I did not. Okay. I did not. Uh, I, so I, I, I listened to my podcasts on one and a half or one and a quarter speed. And I need to speak slower on one speed a one X speed because I do not sound very good on one and a quarter. You guys sound great. So I, oh, come on. something I must you gotta talk like here. you normally talk. Don't, don't be thinking about the one and a half speed. Well, you could, you could do it with the German accent. They might like that. <laughs> I, I listened really slowly. His accent came on with the, uh, you know, I'm the excited for the pod. <laughs> Happy to be here. And my S's, I'm sorry for my, I, I need to figure out why my S's pop on the podcast as well. All your ladies pop your S's like this. No, not with me. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, all right. I think, I feel like, like telling the story of this game is, is redundant. I feel like if you cared to watch this game, you saw what happened. It was a demonstrative victory. Let's just sort of talk about like what we make of. Uh, of what sure. happened here today. So you wrote about the running game. Uh, what did you make of the Eagles' commitment to the running game? What did you make of it being Boston Scott as the 1A running back and then Jordan Howard and Gainwell just sort of back in his same role? And uh, do you think that this is a sustainable way for the Eagles to approach things moving forward? Yeah, so first off, I can only, I, I'm curious what you, what you think of this. I suppose I'm turning it around. What do you think Miles Sanders was thinking yeah. watching in his Seriously. house or apartment, where, whatever it is in, in the Philadelphia area? What do you think he was thinking? Well, and it's funny because like Zach Ertz is gone, his second game away. Miles Sanders is out. And this is the game in which they commit to playing 12 and 13 personnel and running the ball. Very bizarre. Yes. I bet Miles Sanders thought it was like a sick joke. Like, yeah, what is like, going on? He's been waiting for them to run it, and here they and, and here they are. I, it's it's I don't know if ironic's the word I, I would use, but they have their number one running back injured. 
their number two running back essentially gets demoted. He, he gets relegated. They go with with Boston Scott, who had played four offensive snaps before last week. And then Jordan Howard, who has been on the practice squad all year and literally was afraid that he was going to be out of football at age 26 uh, because the Eagles were the only team that went after him. And it was a good combination. And I, I, I think this is a testament to your zero, you know, to people who, who subscribe to the zero running back strategy who uh, who credit the Morris household right now that it's all about the offensive line, right? Because when I haven't gone back and watched this game yet, but I imagine when I do, I will see the Eagles offensive line just dominating the the, the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and, I, put, uh, I put I made Boston Scott the offensive game ball, but like knowing that, you know, it was all the offensive line. And it's just hard to, you know, give one so, person the credit. So my big takeaway here is, and I'm I'm not advocating for a, a service academy offense, right? Like if you look at, mm. and, and, and what I mean by that is, if you look at the top rushing stats in college football, it's Air Force. I think uh, Navy's number two. Army might be number four there. Um, There's another case to be made that a service academy offense is just dropping bombs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that one. But... Um, but there was a very funny moment pregame today. Was like a salute to service uh, at Ford Field for for the Lions faithful. There were a bunch of uh, uh, service men and women who were being honored, and there was a very awkward moment uh, when they were interviewing one of the, I believe it was a uh, Marine member, and the the in arena host was like, and of course, you know, after that, you know, you went to the academy and then you went to serve in Fallujah, and he goes. And these very like awkward aside, like, and of course, everyone in here knows where Fallujah is, and then just kept going on. Like, what was that aside, buddy? Also, there's a, like eight people here, but it's a Fallujah flex. Ah, but uh, to, get, to get back to what I'm saying is that I think what you saw tonight, or I keep saying tonight, today is the difference between you know, second and 10 and second and seven or second and six, because when Boston Scott said they, you know, their, their goal was not to play behind the sticks. You, you really saw that they were in manageable second downs. And I, I think that changed things quite a bit. And because of how ineffective their passing game has been this season, they've too often been in second and 10 spots. Right, and when you're in second and ten, then you're obviously not going to be a a, a, a run heavy team. So I uh, I think that they were just they were playing ahead of the sticks. Number one and number two, it just it makes it so much. Uh, I'm I'm reiterating the point from the top of the show. It makes it so much more effective for Jalen Hurts to play quarterback when they look like this as opposed to when Jalen Hurts is dropping back in the pocket, throwing 40 times a game. Now, I do think there is something to Miles Sanders probably doesn't follow the hole as well as Boston Scott and Jordan Howard do. Now, those guys may not be as explosive as Miles Sanders is, but I think that has been a problem for Miles Sanders over the past two years and especially this year. You're right, right? Miles Sanders is good for the explosive play the 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 big run but 
he might not be good for, you know, uh, taking four yards or, or taking five yards or even the, taking three yards sometimes. And uh, that's that was the big thing that jumped out to me. And, and when I was going through the play-by-play, I, I think the Scott and Howard combination only had one first down run of, uh, you know, of no yards or a loss. Right. So when they okay. were handing the ball off and first down to those guys, they were not playing behind the sticks. And, and, and that was I think that was a, a big difference in the offense today. Well, and Sirianni said something after the game about like, you know, figuring out what your strengths are um, and, and finding out what your strengths are as a team. And we know that this is probably not the way that they want to play, not the way that yes. Sirianni wants to play and not the way that uh, Jeffrey Lurie wants to play. There's a bunch of people in the chat, you know, making the. Uh, the good joke about how Jeffrey Larry must be furious about this victory because they ran the ball so much, but like it's week. It, it was, it's been seven weeks and we've talked about like the one thing the Eagles do well is run the ball. They were third in rushing DVOA entering this week. Right. Uh, and that doesn't even include Jalen Hurts' scrambles. So it's a little bit like what took so long. Um, and I think it's, like the Lions defense is not very good, but there's a case to be made that this is the way that they should have been playing for a while. It's it's, it's not the thing that they do best. best. Yes. And, it, you know, Jalen Hurts, I, I think, runs better or the uh, or the backs run better when they have to worry about Hurts running and, and, and vice versa. I keep going back to like Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback when he doesn't have to throw the ball that you know 30 40 times a game and this the strength of this offense is the offensive line and and these guys have said they prefer run blocking now marissa would would know this better than the three of us but i'm sorry yeah well then the three of us when shields on but the two of us now most offensive linemen who i encounter prefer run blocking to pass blocking because you can impose your will and the, the, and as what? opposed to going backwards. It's the exact same thing as the defense wanting to not be so passive. Mm-hmm. Everybody you everybody wants to set things on their own terms, right? They yes. want to be the aggressor. They don't want to sit back and react. It's the same thing. Exactly. So, yeah, so I, I think that for this offensive line, it, it benefited them. Now, you're not going to do this every game. And, and the other thing we should say, too, is the defense plays a part in this as, as well because – they were not playing from behind, and too often this year they gave them enough playing, possessions to get a rhythm. Yes, uh, they've been playing from behind, and that's so. So that's a, a difference as well. You, this is not going to happen every week, and there's some weeks when you need to go possession with, by possession, or I should say possession for possession with the other team. But uh, the script worked for the Eagles today. I, 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 sh- I should say this: Sirianni said they came out. Uh, his offensive script, five of the first seven plays were supposed to be runs. It didn't work out that way. Three of their four were passing plays because they actually went out. That they, they went three and out on the opening possession. But thereafter, they kind of got into their flow, and they stayed true to the script. They, they ran the ball, and it, and, it, and it really worked. All right. Um, up front, uh, Jack Driscoll injured again, and mm-hmm. I think it's starting to be a bit of a concern that, uh, as promising as Driscoll is, he it's hard for him to stay healthy. It's been several times now where he's left games injured, replaced by yes. Nate Herbig. Hand injury. 
Mm. You know what I'm thinking. I don't, I, think don't he, I don't think he'd be doing that during a game, though. That doesn't. That's inappropriate. Uh, Jalen Rager also injured. Jalen Rager had an ankle injury, was carted off, uh, was declared out during the game. So we'll three, see what happens uh, three there. Three runs, although one of them yeah, was they technically were, a, a, a pass um, on that opening drive. Or I guess it was the second drive. They were really trying to manufacture the injury. It, I'm, I'm sorry, the Maybe that is what they were trying to do because they knew the offense would be better without him. So they were trying to manufacture an injury. They were trying to manufacture the touches for him. And, and this is the best way to use John Rager. It's we've said this, that like, he's the kind of guy you need to be creative for. Um, And if you want to get him in the space, you need to do these types of plays to do it. That's true. Uh, Devante Smith absent in this game basically only one catch he had a, uh, an ugly drop on the first possession first, possession. first play of the game actually uh that was not great but um i think it's fair to say that when like the eagles are 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 designing the passing game the last two games at least like dallas goddard is the is the number one guy who they are designing plays for do you think that's fair I think that's fair. I think Goddard's really good, and I, I think we are seeing that. Um, I think Devontae's better than how he's played, but yeah, he he I needs to pick it up. I still want to see more Quez too. I I just but you probably whatever. will not. You'll you'll probably frankly see more uh, Greg Ward here if if mm. um. But actually, the the player to watch out for is Tyree Jackson. He'll be activated. I and mean, they completed three passes to receivers in this game. If you don't count that little push to yeah, break. well they completed nine passes in the game. So no, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I, I should say Jalen completed nine. Did Minshew complete? A, yeah. What was Minshew? Oh, I think he did. Yeah. 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 Um, and that actually means that they completed more than nine passes. So my stat from earlier was incorrect. I'll have to fix that in the day after. Uh, forgot about the Minshew stuff. Anyway, uh, and also uh, I guess we should say that Minshew, since we w- w- before we move to the defense, let's finish up on the offense. Uh, so out of hand that Minshew came in, um, looked a little bit, um, his sleeves looked weird. Uh, he doesn't, I wouldn't say he fills out the Jersey. I don't know if you agree with that, Zach, but, uh, that's fine. And then interesting on the offensive line, they pulled Kelsey and Lane Johnson, and we'll get to the Lane Johnson conversation later. Um, and had my move to right tackle and Dillard at left tackle. So that sort of answers what would happen if that happens in a game. And then you had uh, Brett Toth at red guard. Correct. And Herbie at center. Okay, let's take a little uh, take a little bake here from some more sponsors, and then we'll be back to talk about the D in Big D. All right, back on birds with friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris, Zach. Give me one second. I'm trying to pull up the uh, Eagles uh, blitz rate here. I want to see how differently they changed things, how much they changed things against this uh, feckless. Lions offense. Uh, is that the worst offense you've seen in a while? Yes. I mean, they have. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, they I would have, go back uh, to the uh, maybe the CJ Beathard Niners from the 2017 season. Actually, Ben DiNucci last year. That was uh, like, and this is the Ben DiNucci anniversary, as somebody reminded me on Twitter. Uh, the the lack uh, to me it's which also I'm your daughter's birthday <laughs> that's correct james birthday and uh i guess that's the benny Danuch was actually november 1st it was the next day yeah the classic the lack of skill players that's what jumps out and look 
uh, Swift did not have a, a very good game today, but he is awesome. And I, I really like Hawkinson, but just gross neglect at a wide receiver here. Uh, and their offensive line's not not playing too well or did not play too well. So overall, and, and Jared Goff. It was very funny that there was like a point in this game. Sorry to cut you off. You're fine. um, Where it was like 24 to nothing, but Jared Goff was completing like 80% of his passes. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff had the Jalen Hurts special where he throws it away on fourth down. Yes. Overall, that was the loudest the stadium got all day when the crowd was booing him for that. Yeah. So this was your first time at Ford Field. What did you think? I like the stadium. Uh, I like the stadium. I, you know, I always like a downtown stadium where you can walk mm-hmm. to. Um, I liked, I liked everything about the experience except that there were like, I don't know, sixteen people there. I mean, it really is a good reminder that, like, you know, this has been a this has been a tough couple of years for Eagles fans. Like, the team is a tough watch, but like, it could get a lot worse. It's been a tough couple, a tough couple of decades for Lions fans. Yeah, it's bad. But they they honored Chris Spielman at, at halftime. Uh, got to see Barry Sanders, who was my favorite player as a kid. Barry Sanders speak uh, to honor Chris Spielman. So that was uh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could have guessed that Barry Sanders was your favorite player. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, because you like. Well, I mean, you're a Michigan man. That you like the Fab Four. Of course, you're gonna like. The fact I mean, Barry Sanders five. is like the most fun. Wait, who is the uh, Fab Five? Yeah, the Fab Four. Uh, I don't know who the Fab Four is. I well, mean, yeah, you know, uh, you Chris Weber sure? is 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 uh, you know, he, he they took the banners away. They took him off the Fab Five, as far as I'm concerned. I thought you were, I thought you were you were ripping on like Jimmy King or Ray Jackson there. Oh uh, no, Jimmy King, that's my guy. Um, I mean Barry Sanders is like the most fun guy to watch of all time. Yes. How could? He's fantastic. Um, but no Bosco. Uh, yeah, I like Ford Field. I'm in. But I mean, just like the level of putridity that they have to deal with, like year in, year out, it's pretty pretty disastrous. Good way to kill a fan base. Um, okay, so uh, according to uh, True Media, the Eagles uh, sent at least five pass rushers, a season high 24% of the plays in this game. Their previous high was... Uh, just under 24% against the Bucks in week six. And they only played like a, now this is according to uh, Pro Football Focus, and it uh, it's in very imprecise, but it says they were in zone just 57% of the time and man 18 or 17% of the time. So that's a, that's a big uh, gap of um, unidentified coverage. So that's probably going to change. But uh, it was definitely a different game plan, just anecdotally watching from what we saw from uh, Jonathan Gannon. They weren't in. Uh, and this is what we called for against an offense that was that is bad passing the ball, does not have starting caliber outside wide receivers, has the lowest a dot in the league, the highest uh, frequency of running on on early downs. This is what they should have done. They should have changed their style, and they did. So so credit to Jonathan Gannon. Um, the defensive line, as you said, was able to eat in this game. Josh Sweat two sacks in the first quarter. They had a season high six altogether. Um, they almost had a shutout, so I'm not uh, I'm not taking away credit, Zach, but it wasn't the stiffest competition. But they they did what they what they came to do. Yeah, and Josh Sweat, man, I mean, he looked outstanding. I was that- worried you were gonna because the the one thing about this press box is it's it's open air, 
And there's like a huge, like you could fall off and die potentially if you fell over the front of <laughs> the, like where the ledge is. I was, I was worried I was going to have to hold you back from celebrating and I wanted to make sure you stay alive. That is an affront to my professionalism. Okay. Uh, there, there would never be any celebration or cheering in the press box. No, I, I thought that watching well, it was that- more than like how you you typed. Joshua has a second sack so fast that like this the steam was coming off the keyboard. I was worried that you were going to then push off the the laptop over and it might fall on someone unsuspecting beneath. Fortunately, there was probably nobody there because there were no fans. You took a photo of me doing my job. That that, that was such an odd thing. I I I sent <laughs> you took that a photo of me doing my job. I said I took a photo of Avante Maddox. Well, I was there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Derek Burnett. See you tweeting Josh Sweat. It's, it's he, very meta. Yeah, Derek Burnett getting his first sack of the Good season. Good for you for acknowledging. Good for you. Uh, Eagles you don't have six. To say it in a backhanded way. Eagles six sacks overall. His first sack of the season. Week eight. <laughs> six on pace for two. He's on pace for two sacks. Great. Six sacks overall. Good career. Good contract here. Uh, so a good day from, from the Eagles defense and Jonathan Gannon, uh, look, Jonathan Gannon, who received a lot of heat during this past week and has a real tough, uh, tough game ahead of him next Sunday against old, old, old friend, uh, um, uh, Brent Staley. I will get into that this week. Mm. Some of the Gannon Staley connections, but, uh, yes, but overall, uh, a, a big game from this Eagles defense. And uh, some changes at linebacker. Eric Wilson, a surprising inactive in this game. Uh, just another in the line of uh, long failures of free agent signings for the Eagles at that position. And uh, TJ Edwards sort of became the main guy at linebacker in this game, which I think he should be. I think he is their best linebacker. I think he's been their best linebacker. Um, but he and Davion Taylor were the primary linebackers for most of this game. In uh, in base, they were there. In nickel, it was the two of them again. Alex Singleton came in in like single linebacker situations, which I'm including as a nickel with Jannard Avery because he doesn't count, uh, and a, a couple snaps of dime. Then later in the game, it was Singleton and Edwards, but Edwards played uh, the most snaps of any linebacker, and I, and I think that was appropriate. And he said, um, like I asked him in the postgame press conference, is it like, just delivered to you that like this is your role this week because they've changed it every week like who's in what package or is there like a why explained and he said there is like you know we're, we're told like this is what we do well this is why we think it's a good match against this offense it's kind of funny to just be like well you know we don't think you can run tj so uh we're not going to play you but i don't know he's the he's the only like competent guy like in the box and uh, like a reliable tackler. I don't know. I just, I think, I think he, he is the one who should be playing the most. It's, it's something about this, this time of year for TJ Edwards. If you think back that Cowboys game last year, so that was November 1st, he, he had the, I think it was 12 tackles, sack, forced fumble uh, in that game as well, because what's the belly button? I don't know. What's the what's the joke there? BWF sex belly button. I don't know what that is. I don't remember, but it feels like it's 
A callback to something. Obviously, Bo put that one on the screen and not <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Zach. No idea what that means. Bo still has his um, posting privileges his, on, on StreamYard. <laughs> so, so, so TJ Edwards uh, had that big game against the Cowboys last year because I remember during the bye week, I was talking up TJ Edwards. And then uh, it turned into post-bye turned into a, more of an Alex Singleton situation. I'm very uncomfortable with the chat talking about my belly button. To be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm over here on mute yeah. dying. For yeah. our audio listeners, there's questions. Any or Audi? <laughs> yeah, this is such an odd... Uh, um, this, is like an, uh, this is an affront to my professionalism. Do you, want, <laughs> do you want to keep them in suspense or do you want to address <laughs> the question? I'd I'd rather just just focus on my job covering the Eagles. To be honest with you, can you at least confirm or deny that you have a belly button? I have a belly button. Yes, like okay. I was gonna say, like all humans, I I've never met someone who does not have a belly button. Yeah, but how many humans have you met whose belly button you've seen? Do you ask? Do you ask every human? I guess being in the locker room, you probably do see a lot of belly buttons. But we're not in the locker room. This anymore. is such a weird conversation. Let's 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 get this. Let's let's get to the next, or let's finish up with the defense. I thought the back end of the defense played well. Um, again, Lions didn't challenge him much. I think it's uh, nice plays when the game mattered. Uh, overall, look, if, if a Dan Campbell team is going to pride itself at this juncture for you know playing hard, playing tough, being aggressive, that was not the Marissa's case. Marissa's dying at something. Hashtag BWF Audi or hashtag BWF any. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Please continue. Okay. Uh, the Lions were like just completely. Uh, they were they stink, man. But but I kept hearing throughout the week, and, and I was and, really and, kicking myself. Like, I was thinking about it yesterday. Like it, the a thought that occurred to me that I thought the Eagles were gonna were gonna maybe win big because we were like overcorrecting the recency bias to the Eagles game in Las Vegas and the Lions playing a competitive game in what was like their Super Bowl against the Rams. I was thinking it was going to it was going to come back the other direction, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I also didn't predict that in the bird lines, so but it made sense. The Eagles are just a below average team. The Lions are a bad team. Okay, I think we need one more commercial break and then we can come back and talk a little uh, a little Lane Johnson, which was an interesting scene. All right, Bozak and Marissa here to uh, begin to close things out. Did you see the uh, the Carson Wentz stuff, Zach? I saw the the highlights, lowlights for some lowlights, and I I watched the press conference too to see what he had to say. Oh, what did he say in the press conference? It's a press conference I've heard many times over. <laughs> wow, shots fired. He wishes he could have, wishes he could have that one back. It's always easy to second guess things like that, you know. Um, he can't help himself on those plays, man. He just he 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 cannot help it. Throw the ball away. No, but the uh, the interception in in overtime, he he gave the thing where, yeah, I guess you know with the benefit of hindsight, <laughs> I could have thrown checked, it to a wide open guy underneath. I, I, I could I could checked underneath, but you know in the heat of the game, right? And, and then <laughs> or that kind of thing. And it's always the, uh, the 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 defender made a great play, right? It's 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 never the pass that was. That was made or the decision that was made. Sione Takitaki made a great play there. But I thought he was open. But I, I, I mean, from, from, I, I actually sh- uh, shout out to Stephen Holder. I, I, I read Stephen's column on it. I thought Stephen did a good job. I would recommend our 
viewers and listeners go check out our, our Colts coverage. I'll say this, Canada, our Colts coverage is outstanding. Uh, the Athletics Colts coverage is top notch. So check all that out. For of all course, if you don't subscribe to The Athletic coverage. yet, theathletic.com slash birds with friends will get you Correct. a nice handsome deal. Uh, okay, Zach, uh, I guess the last thing we should talk about um, is is the Lane Johnson scene. Um, and I wrote about it a little bit in the day after, but uh, this was interesting. Um, you know, obviously it has been, uh, let's see, it was week four uh, when he was a surprising inactive. And there was a lot of uh, sort of speculation and and nobody really knew what was going on. He was out with a personal matter. He was out for three weeks. He, he let out a statement on social media at the beginning of last week <clears throat> that he was back with the team. He's dealt with uh, depression and anxiety for a long time. And then this morning before the game, he, he had an interview with Jay Glazer in which he talked a little bit more about that. This was his second game back, obviously. And I think it was a little bit surprising that, that he gave a, a post-game press conference. And I saw him sort of – I was sitting toward the far right of – the uh of the press conference room and where you, where you could sort of see behind the like stanchion where they have that that movable uh backdrop and you know Jalen Hurts was talking and we figured he was going to be the last one and then all of a sudden I saw Lane there um and I think we were all surprised he hasn't talked publicly since uh returning or since he left and it was sort of a, a an open conversation about the things that he's been dealing with um not just this year but for uh, for a long time, he said he started developing uh, this this anxiety when he was at Kilgore in junior college, and then he was officially diagnosed with an anxiety disorder at Oklahoma. And this is something that has been a struggle for him for a long time. Yeah. So, so specifically with what has happened during the past or uh, during the past few weeks, he he said that uh, in the week leading up to the game that the first game that he missed. He had with uh, withdrawal symptoms um, from, so from I the think, medication. I, I think that he, I think that he started cycling off the antidepressant earlier because mm-hmm. he, he he said that he had mentioned he talked to his mom before week one uh, yes. that he didn't feel like himself. Um, so I think that's when it began. Um, but yes, by the time uh, week four rolled around, he knew that week that um, he was not in a good place and he was feeling really severe withdrawal effects um, from not necessarily uh, cycling off in, in the correct way. Yeah. He, the, the terminology he used and I'll, I'll defer to you for a lot of this because you are, are writing about it. So you, so you, so you listen back through the press conference, everything I'm saying is just from the raw first time we heard it. And he said he went from what he labeled to be mediocre dosage to right. nothing to to nothing and i give him a, a lot of credit for his uh for his honesty like i i it's i can't imagine that is easy to do under any circumstances uh, certainly when you have such a public uh job and 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 you're a public figure i i am i imagine that is even more difficult but i also imagine that he's helping a lot of people and and bringing visibility and attention and, and humanity uh, and empathy to um, to something that so many people deal with. So, yeah, so I, I, I respect him for that. But uh, as, as far as like, you know, we can talk about it from the big picture, but, but from the nuts and bolts perspective, he said that he went, you know, so he drove back from 
the Philadelphia area to Oklahoma. Um, he he felt it was he was okay. To he was return. not he was not in communication with the Eagles during that nope. day that process. Yep. Go ahead. Um, when he returned, he felt the time was was right because he was like past the symptoms that uh, that were. Uh, that were problematic then he said that uh you know Brandon Brooks had 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 kind of been acutely aware of of what he had been going through um throughout these past few years but this is something that like he, he and he made this point to Jay Glazer more than to us but he he implied it with us that this is not something that 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 just popped up the week of the game that he missed this has been something that has been going on like you said since Kilgore College uh, and since he was diagnosed at Oklahoma before a long time, and and frankly, you know, you, you hear the expression that you don't know truly what's what's going on in in someone's life. Um, you know, I've I've covered Lane Johnson for this is the ninth year I've I, I've covered him. I've I've written many stories about him. I've spoken about I've spoken with him quite a bit. I've spoken with him quite a bit about Brandon Brooks and he he he's spoken to me about that anecdote of him throwing up before games. But Lane Johnson's always kind of been like the the life of the party, if you will, right? And and you saw that during the Super Bowl run. And um uh you know and and I I remember during the pandemic last year I did a story on on him starting a podcast and uh you know, everyone deals with something, but 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 the extent of what he was 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 going on beneath the surface was obviously more significant than certainly I knew, and I imagine the public and probably his teammates knew. So, uh, well, and it's 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 interesting because you know Lane has told the story before, yeah. like in a joking way about how you know when Brandon yeah. is throwing up before the game, I'm right there next to him throwing up. Yes. And that's just sort of his personality to, you know, to joke about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is probably our failing, but it, we, you know, we didn't, it's not like we read into that, that he was struggling uh, with these things to that, to that degree. Um, it was just like, he was sort of telling it as a, as a funny thing that he also, you know, gets nervous before games um, and that, that he has some of these feelings that, that Brandon does. Um and I think that's, you know, partly his personality, the way that that he sells it and 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 deals with it. And also, uh, you know, just like society turning a blind eye to these things and not paying close enough attention. Right. Um, obviously, well, I don't know if it's if it's included. turning a I don't know if it's turning a blind eye like from from all. Uh, I mean, you've been around Lane Johnson quite a bit, too. He the the image that he puts forward is has you know it's it's sure it's and he talked different. about you know yeah. he talked about uh you know he felt uh, ashamed of this um mm -hmm. because uh you know everybody everybody uh, is worried about getting judged he talked about uh, in the interview with glazer how like you finish a game and the first thing you do is go on social media and search your name and like you know we got to stop doing that and you know i don't want to use like toxic masculinity but like the he, he talked about the sport and like you know this gladiator type um uh attitude that everybody has and you know this is the same day when calvin ridley uh you know steps away from the falcons for his own uh personal health reasons so yeah, it's obviously a thing that is very prevalent uh in the sport if not you know just in the world so i thought it was i thought it was uh 
you know, very, very nice. And, and I don't think, I don't think it's over overstating it to say it was, it was brave of, of Lane to step Absolutely. up there and, and talk about it um, in front of all these people. So, and I, and I, I certainly hope um, productive for anyone and everyone who is uh, listening to it. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's one of those things where like, there's this, this hulking six foot six, 300 town, 310 pound, all pro with this like you know husky beard who seems like he's like uh you know paul bunyan or something like that and you don't know what's going on inside he's dealing mm -hmm. with this stuff too so just yeah a good and, reminder. and and like the the job aside the paycheck aside like the this goes back to what we were talking about a minute and a half ago two minutes ago like you know the the belly button the, no, the 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 way someone puts themselves out to the world can sometimes be like a packaged, you know, right. it, you know, it, it 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 can be by design that it's put out that way, and it's not necessarily reflective of what's truly going on. So, uh, so th this is also an example that you know, when you say you don't know what's 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 going on under the surface, this is this is very much the case. I agree. All right, Zach. What else we got to talk about? What's coming up this week? So the trade is stale again. Oh, that's right. Well, the yeah, they, the uh, trade deadline. I would uh, recommend everyone. Uh, I I hope you read Bo's Day After tomorrow. I can't wait to read it. Um, but go back to Bo's Day After from two weeks ago when he really got into the trade candidates and kind of the pros and cons. And obviously some of it, the Eagles have traded Ertz already. After, but anyway, although there was one yeah, that was talking it about, was, but not the, the specific uh, candidates. Anyway, go ahead. It was, it was the, uh, right before it was Ertz. The, yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the Friday. It was the day after the Thursday game. Right. But then I, then there was another one that actually talked about player by player who they could deal. I think there were two separate things. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I think the player to watch, I would say would be Andre Dillard. Now I don't know if, if the Eagles would to want the to Browns. Trade. Uh, I don't know about the Browns. He can't play right tackle. But yeah, I don't know if if, if, if the Eagles want to trade a quality tackle, and I I, I think Dillard's showing the makings of a quality tackle, but he would be the one who would potentially have have the uh, the most market value. But that's probably for a reason. Um, I know there's there's Fletcher Cox discussion out there. I'll defer to you on on this, but it would surprise me if if the Eagles restructured his deal and then traded him a few weeks later. They shouldn't have restructured his deal. They should. Yeah. Well, I mean, they should have traded him a year and a half ago. But I I know there were uh, or or there there was um, speculation when Eric Wilson was benched today that perhaps they're trying to keep him healthy for a trade. I think this was more performance related at best. Yeah. But in 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 the vein of Eric Wilson being traded, or in the spirit of El, uh, of Eric Wilson being traded, players on these rental deals, whether it's Steven Nelson, I can't imagine you're going to get much for Ryan Kerrigan. They also kind of need DN depth. But players on expiring deals could be potential trade candidates. Um, you put in as a wild card in your story a few weeks ago, Miles Sanders. Now that he's injured, I don't I I, I don't foresee right. that occurring. Uh, but, uh, I would say if someone is, is, is moved for something of value, I would guess that it is, uh, it's, it's Andre Dillard. Do you think the Eagles could make any kind of acquisition 
no, I, I would be very surprised if, if they were buyers. The only situation I can see them being buyers is someone who's on, who's on a contract beyond this year, who they think can be part of their core in 2022. And they just want to get him in early. Uh, I was, I, I was, so I was just going to say real quick. And this is, uh, this kind of crosses us over to Marissa's other podcasts. Um, that the Jets were so aggressive to trade for Joe Flacco. And then Mike White turns out to be like a really productive quarterback for them, right? They, so they might be Flacco's trading Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> talk about watching. You talk about Miles Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders watching at home today. Imagine what Zach Wilson felt like watching at home today. Did Salah say something like, yeah, can't rule it out that this guy could be the quarterback moving forward? They were chanting his name at MetLife Stadium. Like, Pretty crazy. Connor actually just posted his uh, column. I haven't read it yet, but uh, if anyone does want to see what on. Mike White said, I will give, you know, got to treat my podcast fairly and give him a plug too. But yeah, I couldn't believe the score of that game. And honestly, I was very happy because, you know, we needed AFC North uh, standings are That's pretty right. tight these days. So uh, a Bengals loss was uh, pretty good and uh, for, for us over here. <laughs> I was going to say, Zach, the one the one spot I could see the Eagles making an addition, uh, if they're just looking for a warm body, uh, you know, for for like a conditional seventh or whatever, is if they could just find somebody who they can play at uh, like three four D end, so that they can open up Josh Sweat from not having to play it when they're in that base sure. defense, and he can he can play on the outside. I think they don't have anybody else there right now. Although Milton Williams had a good game today, maybe he can uh, start factoring in there more. But I think I feel like that's a a cheap replacement level player that they they could potentially add. I mean, if there's a player that I would look at if 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 I was Howie and I'm sitting there with with Jeffrey and with Nick and we're talking about the trade deadline and Jeffrey says says is is there someone you want to add? I would say I don't know if Derek Barnett's going to be around next year, right? Um, do I his deal too? Yeah, but that's more for. I believe just the cap savings of it, right? Like he has no years left on the, on the deal. Okay. He's just, he's still a, a free agent after, after this year, they just added the, the right. The I, I thought that it was going to be no. trading him. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm uh, not talking about, oh, I'm not talking, talking about trade. About, oh, I see. I'm, I see. I'm just saying if you can get like a 24 year old defensive end who can be your third defensive end this year, and then you can kind of have him with Brandon Graham and Josh sweat next year, because you can go into the draft saying you would love to take a, a DN in the, in the, in the top 10. A Thibodeau. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but what's my the point Purdue is, guy's name? Sir, Sir Laftis. Carl Laftis. Carl Laftis. Yeah. Yeah. Or Aiden Hutchinson. So it's, it's, it's a really good defensive line class or defensive player class, I should say. But I would say defensive end is a spot that you can never roll them out on. But I, I still think they are, Sellers more than buyers. Okay. All right. Okay, well, so what else this week? So the uh, trade deadline. This could be our only chance to see Justin Herbert. We only get see him once every four years, potentially. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the schedule situation changed now. So you play you play a team from it another could be, conference. Right. Yes. So we don't know that. But, but most likely, this is our mm-hmm. only chance seeing him for quite some time. And – uh a big thing to watch is this. The Eagles um, obviously ran the ball quite a bit today. The Chargers have the worst run defense in the NFL. Part of it's by design, like Sheil has talked about. 
They want you to run. They invite you to run. It's a similar concept to what the Eagles have done. But going into this week, they've allowed about 17 more rushing yards than the number two uh, or the, I guess the number 31 run defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So uh, if there's a, a Nick Sirianni's big point today was that, yeah, you you do need to do what you do well, but you really need to kind of go based on what the opposing defense is doing and you plan your game plan for the opposing defense. Uh, next week would be uh, another week when it would make sense for them to run the ball. So pay attention to that. Sounds good. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. The Eagles 44 to 6 over the Detroit Lions. And Zach with a demonstrative super sorecasting victory that he hopes will carry him into the second half of the season. For Shield and Marissa and Zach, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. For those of you in the live chat, thanks for watching. You are the sickest of the sickos, and we appreciate it. For everybody, We'll talk to you on Tuesday at 8 o'clock on YouTube. And as always, we love you.